I have the honor of starting a new series today, and I'm excited about it because we're going to talk about the master builder. The master builder. And one point I just want to drive home today along the line with, with this series is, do we need just renovation or do we need to become a new creation? Um, again, uh, I, I love renovation shows. I love to see old stuff painted and sanded down and restored. It's just a beautiful thing. My wife has some very old antique furniture that I wouldn't put it in our room unless it was renovated, you know, unless it was restored, unless it was helped immensely. But even the fact of knowing that we, you know, invested in, in some things that we can take from, from our um, families and just sort of carried on into the future, it might be painted on the outside. It might have been sanded. It might have been improved, but it's just the still, it's just still the same, same old dresser. That sure looks nice. So if you gave that dresser to us, I'm not saying it's, we, we like it, but we just need to help. We had to help it a little bit. You know what I mean? So, but we know that God is the master builder of all creation. Colossians chapter 1 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And I just feel impressed to say this, and you know that I don't get political in this pulpit, and I'm not going to get political now. Romans talks about how God places positions of authority so we can help maintain honor, so we can help maintain order. And some of us might like who's in office, some of us might not like those who are in offices, but but we have to still respect that position. And uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you like the person in administration now, just wait a while. Uh, in different areas of responsibility and government, sometimes wrong people get in the position of authority, but we have to respect that office, and if they don't change and adapt and adjust to God's purpose and His will, we got to pray them out of there, not complain them out of there. Now, sometimes you have to stand up for, for what is right. Boy, I got myself in deep cotton right now, didn't I? <laughs> well, let's get back to the Word. I'm just trying to tell you that it talks about He's created invisible and visible and, and different places in order of authority to maintain honor. Just pray for your authorities. Pray for us. We pray for you, okay? Nehemiah 9, 6 says that even thou, O Lord, alone, you have made heaven and the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the earth and all things that are therein the seas and all that's in therein. And thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worshipeth thee. That's King James. I don't talk like worshipeth thee. Worship thee. All right, Psalm 19.1 also says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Man, God does a pretty good job as a master builder. God does a pretty good job as a master artist. You're driving down the road like I am sometimes, and all of a sudden, you see a beautiful sunset. It turns amber, and just you're just like, God, no artist, naturally speaking, can duplicate that. You are amazing. You know, it's summertime, and we have people that are traveling on vacation, and you know, when I go to the beach, I put on a hundred sunblock, and I find shade, and I look at the water, and I am on vacation. Now, and I had little kids. We went to the parks, all that. Well, we still do that. But now I said, listen, if you want to go, I'm tired. You go by yourself. I'll take my bike, and I'll just take a ride. Just leave me alone. 
So Pastor Cohen, you're mean. No, I, I've done all the parks. I've opened them up. I've closed them up. I've opened them up, closed them up. And I'm like, when I get home from, from vacation, I'm like, Jesus, I need to take some time off. So what am I saying about that? Oh, so at the beach, and there's some beautiful, magnificent sunsets. Just awesome. And uh, by the way, I'm a financial peace guy. Don't think you need to impress your family by going to debt to go into a major, major, major vacation. Well, that went over well, too. This is just a great sermon. Tell that person that he's really getting himself in trouble today. Do what you can, but don't get yourself so stuck in debt. You're like, vacation what? Vacation where? Don't you love it when you're on vacation and you see the families arguing? And they're just so mad. You go, I pay so much for that vacation. You're going to enjoy that whether you like it or not. Get on that ride. I just sit back and say, man, that's, I people watch. I have to admit, I just people watch sometimes. Do we need renovation or new creation? <laughs> say, where's that? Well, we'll see it in a minute. Galatia, or Genesis 1 says, the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we see that when God said, as the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of this earth, it was dark and without vor- uh, form, and it was void. Something had happened before God was getting ready to set things back in order. I don't have time to address that. But you, you know in the book of Genesis, the Spirit of God was hovering, but the Spirit of God wasn't doing anything right then until God said something and spoke what he wanted that wasn't yet what was appearing. The power of the spoken word of God. By faith, we understand the world's refrained by the word of God. You know, we, we frame our world positive or negative through the words that we speak. It sure would be good if we got the word in our heart, caught another vision, began to say what God said about us. So the Spirit of God, what happened when he heard what the Father said, he executed the will of God, and God said, let there be light, and then light was. And then God said it was good. And that's how the book of creation, you see it over and over and over again. But I think about God and all the, all the things that he's done in, in his natural masterpiece on this earth. Does anybody have a, a vision or a dream once you've, when you can afford it to go to Hawaii? put me in the number. My wife says, we going there? I said, well, let's get these kids out of college. Let's, let's, get these, let's make sure we can afford it so I can enjoy it. We go into a bunch of debt. For, oh, Jesus, I'm really getting on things this morning. But we go into a bunch of debt. I'm not really enjoying that vacation. Because you know what? Uh, I'm the one that takes care of the finances and, uh, you know, let's get on this. How about the Netherlands? You like the Netherlands? All those gorgeous backgrounds, but God is an awesome creator. He's the master builder, but that is not the greatest thing he created. His greatest masterpiece is you. I said, his greatest masterpiece is you. You are so valuable to him. He's an amazing God. As a matter of fact, in the book of Genesis, when you see God saying and creating the earth and creating the firmament, creating the water and the seas and all that kind of stuff, he said it was good. It wasn't until God created man, the body out of the dust of the ground, and then he breathed into that body and it became a living soul that God looked at his man and his creation and mankind and he said, it is very good. That's the highest expression of, expression of his creation. Psalm 139 says, the psalmist wrote this when he said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. 
Some of you here today, and you're questioning your value. Come on now. God sees you valuable. You are a high expression, the highest expression of his creation. And there's an enemy out there who's a liar, and he tries to say all kinds of lies to you. But let me ask you something. How do you determine the value of something? By what you're willing to pay for it. One of what was paid for you and me in the work of redemption. We were not paid for, we were not redeemed with silver and gold, but we were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Life is in the blood, and I'm telling you what, how valuable is the blood of Jesus Christ? How valuable is the blood of God? That's the price that was paid for you. So stop talking yourself down and start saying, God, I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. You have a plan for my life, and and I just don't need a renovation, God. I think I need some new creation in my life. You're valuable. But the Holy Spirit's very much involved in the work of creation as we saw in Genesis. Matter of fact, he's involved in our salvation when we receive the incorruptible word of God and then he breathes new life into us and brings new life into us and we become new, born again, creations of God, new in Christ. He also empowers us to do life. He helps us fulfill our purpose. He helps us and he leads us in life through every decision we'll have to make and through, through all the different things we have to navigate through life, God is there ready to help you by the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. John 14 says, Jesus said, I'm gonna ask the Father, he'll give you another helper. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus physically was on earth, the Father was in heaven, the Holy Spirit was getting ready to be sent from heaven down into this earth when Jesus' ministry was done here physically on this earth. He said, it is finished. Now, I'm going back to the Father, but I'm gonna send you a helper. I'm gonna send you a strengthener. I'm gonna send you a standby. I'm I'm gonna send you somebody to help you do life and also fulfill your purpose. And I'm not gonna have you do this alone. And I'm not just gonna walk beside you physically now when the veil rent from top to bottom when Jesus said it is finished. It, 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 it had the presence of God right there in the Holy of Holies. Well, the Holy of Holies came out from behind that curtain and now he dwells in the temple of mankind, their bodies. What? No, you're not your temple. Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. You receive Jesus, you get filled with God. He comes within you and then he empowers you and he helps you and then we'll talk about in another lesson, the master builder, he'll help you build your life according to his plan, his purposes, his pursuits. And then he'll fill you so you can be empowered to win in life and help you to fulfill the will of God for your life. He's called the counselor, the intercessor, the standby, the comforter, the strengthener, our advocate, the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive and take to its heart because it doesn't know or see them or see him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and he'll be in you. John chapter three, let's go to the work of the Holy Spirit, the master builder in the new birth. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things or these signs that you do unless God's with you. Isn't that the truth? I can't do what I do in life except God help me. I can't stand up here in my own talent. I I stand up here because it's an assignment of God, but then he helps me in my assignment. So glad, so glad he does. Jesus answered and said, and he helps you with your assignment. Most of your assignments is just to be salt and light out there in the world and just, you know, volunteer and just add supply to the church to bring increase to help others. He'll empower you to do that. 
Jesus said, most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is what? Born again, born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, he's in his mind, how in the world could you understand that? How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, I said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, have a natural birth, but also born of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh, you had a natural birth, is your flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He said, don't marvel that I said you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes, so is everyone who's born of the Spirit. That phrase, born again, means born from above. Nicodemus had, had real need. He had external things going on. He had reform going on. He had, he had some, some things he was doing outwardly, but Nicodemus had a need because on the inside, he was not kept uh, connected to God. He was separated from God. And next week, I'm going to go a little bit more in depth with this, but we have to understand that in, in the beginning, God had given Adam a charge. You keep this garden, and, and I give you some boundaries to this word, and, and I tell you what, if you violate that word that I give you, you're going to die. Now, he violated that. Adam and Eve both did, and they died, but notice they didn't cease to exist physically. They died on the inside, and then mankind began to die on the outside, because God never meant for us to be here temporarily. He meant for us to have days of heaven here on this earth. He meant for us to live in eternity with a father and his family. He meant for us to walk with him throughout eternity. Because man was, died spiritually, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. Mankind has a need to be reborn on the inside because through Adam, one man's sin crept into all of our lives. We are born in sin, shaping in iniquity. The age of accountability, when we learn right from wrong, every single person misses it right then. Paul said, I was alive at once, but once sin revived, I died. If you're here today, said, oh man, but did, did that baby go to heaven? Yes, they went to heaven. even before they received Jesus. Why do I know that? Because the Spirit comes from God. When I think about the, when I think about the, um, when, when I think about the special world that my family lives in with a Down syndrome brother that's, that's facing dementia, what if he never proclaimed Jesus as Lord? Do you think God would hold that person accountable when they don't know their mind's not right or their body functions differently? However, my brother has received Jesus as his Lord, and he doesn't mind telling you that. And I've found out most people that even special kids, when you connect them to God, they understand for some reason, yes, Jesus is my Savior, Jesus is my Lord, something happens on the inside, but you know what? Sometimes they're contained in a body and a soul that's different, and they have different expressions on the outside. Does a baby go to heaven? Absolutely. But every single, every single one of us, I was saved when I was three years old. I was like, man, I was deep, I was, I was just really in a bunch of sin in my life. No, but I was, in, I was in nursery like some of your kids are today, and I heard the gospel, and I don't know that I, you know, I just knew I needed a Savior, and, and I'm sure I stole my sister's bottle or something. I did something wrong. But there's coming a day of accountability, a day where you can't tell whose day of accountability is when. That's why it's so important, you as parents, you keep your kids in church. You keep your parents around good things. You keep your parents, because except God draws somebody by the Holy Spirit, no one can come to Jesus. No one. When you get that word out there, God convicts even a child's heart. 
was three years old one time, and I was in nursery, and I received the Lord. <laughs> it was just a marked experience for me. Say, so, do you understand it, three? Uh, apparently, I did, and it stuck. <laughs> but when sin revived, when we come to that age of accountability, we all missed it and come short of the glory of God. And then from that point on, you can't get into the kingdom of God unless you get reconnected to God through rebirth, receiving new life, and your spirit man is restored to the original creation. The first man, Adam, messed up. But there was a second man, Adam, Jesus Christ, who died, who took on our sin, who took on our death penalty. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. Now all life is in Jesus Christ. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. You go to him for resurrection life, and you change once you proclaim his lordship over your life. You become a new person, born again. A a life and nature of God comes on the inside of you. You're alive unto God, and God meets that most incredible void that mankind has until they meet their Savior. You can see all kinds of disconnection from God and spiritual death all around this world, and it's because they don't have that void met yet of Jesus Christ. You must be born again, not just a little little sly, I hardly believe this prayer, I think I'll just sort of slide into heaven. I'm asking today, have you been born again? You don't just need a renovation. You don't just need religion. You don't just need church. You don't just need how good you act. You, you need to become some person that never existed before. Behold, all things become new, and you receive God's seed and nature, and you become a child of God. Renovation or new creation, what do we need? We don't just need change on the outside. We need change on the inside. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2, 1, he says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. He goes on to say in Romans, uh, in Romans 3, 23, what? All have sinned, that means you, me, and come short of the glory of God. And then God says in Romans 6, 23, work hard for sin in your, your whole life and you'll pay its pension, which is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus Christ, our master, the master builder. Only those who are born again have their sins remitted, wiped out as though it never existed. Maybe next week I'll bring out a little baby. We just hold that little baby up who was just born and, and just go and say, you scoundrel, you, you had a terrible past. I mean, you, back, you backslidden. I can't believe how much you gossiped. No, they didn't do any of that. They are brand new. And in Christ, thank God for forgiveness, but also thank God for remittance of our sins because he wipes it out as though it never existed because you're not the same person you were before. You're now brand new, born again, child of the living God. Are you born again? You don't just need renovation. You need to be a new creation. Take a look at this video and it'll explain a little bit more why we need to be born again. Okay, well, how do you know? How do you know if you've been born again? It's very, you need to, you need to be able to answer this question because according to Jesus, you're either gonna go to heaven or not by this one thing, if you've been born again, born from above, born spiritually. So let me give you this understanding of natural and spiritual birth. When I was born naturally, I was going the wrong way. Every one of us are born with a sin nature. 
I can prove that very easily by telling you this. You don't have to teach your children to be bad. It comes naturally for them. Is that right? You have to teach them to be good. So we're all, every one of us here are born going the wrong way. But my parents took me to church growing up and they tried to help me to do the right thing and they taught me about Jesus. And I knew I needed to be going the other way, but I just couldn't seem to do it. When I got into my teenage years, I began hanging out with the wrong crowd. I started smoking when I was 13. I started drugs when I was 14. And then the drugs didn't seem to satisfy. And so I kept going to harder and harder drugs. By the time I was 16 years old, I was using speed and cocaine and things like that. And I was totally messed up. Here's the thing. My parents kept taking me to church. I kept going to church. I just could not do the right thing. And I, because I was going this way, going the wrong way, but I knew I was supposed to be going the other way, I would try and change. I would say, no, no, I'm not gonna do any more drugs. I'm gonna straighten up. And I'd put pressure on myself. And it was just like this. Oh, no, I need to go the other way. No, 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 I'm not gonna get it. No, no, boom. And I'd go right back and do the same thing. And every one of you here can relate to this. And in that motel room, I got saved in a motel room when I was 19 years old, I said to God, God, I can't change. I have been trying to change and I can't change. And then I remember I said this to God, I don't even know if you want me or not, but if you want me, you can have me. And I said, God, I give you complete control of my life from now on. And here's what happened in my heart. God reached down from heaven and went, just like that. He just changed my heart. I didn't want to do drugs anymore. I didn't want to do those things. I wanted to do the right thing. And here's what I've learned since then, now that I'm a believer, a Christian, if I put pressure on myself, I can do the wrong thing. But I have to put pressure on myself now to do the wrong thing. In other words, I can say, no, no, I'm not going to forgive her. No, 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 I'm not going to. Okay, I forgive her. Because I want to forgive her. Before, I didn't want to forgive. But I want to now. Because I've been born from above. My heart was going the wrong way. God changed it when I gave him control of my life. And now it's going the right way. So here's what I want to know. When did that happen in your life? When did you stop going your way and start going God's way? Powerful. Isn't that good? Yeah. Why, why was it so hard to change ourselves? Because our nature was wrong. We were separated from God. We had sinned. Spiritual death entered, and we couldn't do anything, but we were a sinner, so we act like a sinner. And until a man gets born again and starts learning, I'm now life of God. I, the, I, I'm now a seed of God. I, I now am a new creation in Christ. I now have received a new birth. I, I now, and then also, it just doesn't stop there. We renew our mind on the Word of God, because our Word, our, our brain, our, our, um, our mind, our will, our emotions does need renovation every single day. Renew our mind on the Word of God. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind so your good heart now can connect with your mind and tell your body what to do, what not to do. You get filled with God's Word. Thy Word have I, sin, have I hidden in my heart that I will not sin against God. Because the Word is powerful. We're going to also see, man, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to encourage you to get filled with the Holy Spirit because He gives you power to say no. And He gives you power to say yes to the right things, power to say no to the wrong things. Ephesians 2.10, now we can see God's a master builder. 
Ephesians 2.10 says, when you receive Christ, you're now his workmanship on the inside, your spirit man created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The word workmanship means we are his work of art. Now, what's that thing sometimes if we're not careful, we'll tell somebody, you're a piece of work. Well, that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about you are an art piece of God. And, and another translation says in Ephesians 2.10, you are God's masterpiece. Do you all like those makeover shows, like home makeover shows, like Extreme Makeover, Property Brothers, Fixer Upper? You all like those kinds of things? I, for some reason, I like those kinds of things. Matter of fact, when I want to have a good memory of my dad who's been in heaven almost six, six years now, I'll walk through Home Depot and walk through the lumber. Because I'll never forget, he'd, he'd take me through places and I just smell that lumber and it gives me a good, just a good memory of my dad. And so I just sort of, it's amazing. I used to watch what he watched and didn't like what he watched until now I'm older. Now I watch what he watched. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? So I'm a history buff now and it's like dad would always watch World War II and all this thing. And he'd just be into that. And now I'm like, geez, I like it too. Uh, but anyway, I like the fixer up for one and they just find, you know, sometimes a real good deal, and all of a sudden they'll buy some, a house for maybe $60,000 and put $200,000 in it. And all of a sudden it's like a masterpiece. However, guess what? No matter what they did exterior, it's still the same house. All right, guys, do you like those car shows of going to the junkyard, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness? And what they do to restore, to restore uh, you know, cars, you, you, you have overhauling, desert car kings, counting cars. Listen, they restore, they renovate, but they're still the same old car. It's not a brand new car. I like shows that restore everything. Don't you like uh, shows like, uh, like Restoration King? I don't think it's on anymore, but I used to like to watch that, Mac Restoration. I like, like, they go, they go back in junkyards that are really, really old, and they'll find like a really old gas pump from the 20s, 30s, 40s. It's just cool. You know, say so they, they renovate it, they sand it down, they paint it over, but it's still what? It, it's not a brand new gas pump, it's just renovated. Some, it's still the same old thing on the inside. So guess what? If you live in a house, even though you renovate it, if you live there long enough, it's going to get older. How many know you've got to pay the price for maintenance? All the time. Put enough miles on your car, it's going to end up wearing out. And let me just slip this in there. Listen, no amount of cos cosmetic surgery is going to overcome your aging. Yeah, we'll pass on that one. Listen, take a look at these pictures. Take a look at these pictures. What are you going to do with that? So is that Batman? I mean, is that Batman and Wonder Woman? You're not going to make that Batman Wonder Woman. Guess what? It's still a dog. Oh, is that a bunny? No, you've got to change something on the inside. What about this? Oh, Jesus. So, oh, my goodness, I looked like that this morning. Well, maybe you didn't, but thank God you looked in the mirror. Oh, gee, the sheriff's in town. But you know what? Dress them up all you want to on the outside. I was thinking about, um, thinking about Gail. She has... She has huge poodles. And I mean, you know, huge. And, and she'll put like chalk or paint on them and then a tear on there. So, Gail, that is not a princess. But she thinks it is, so we'll just let her go. And, uh, <laughs> but listen, do you understand something? Outward reform 
is not everything we need. Listen, church membership, confirmation, all those these things are good and important to help you grow in your faith. Water baptism, taking sacraments, observing all kinds of religious duties, orthodoxy of faith, saying prayers regarding the Bible, reading the Bible, being moral, doing your best, doing good deeds, being culturally refined. That doesn't save you. My question is, have you been born again? You change on the inside, you'll start wanting to do those kinds of things. You know, Nicodemus had most of these qualities, but he still had that aching void that no one can fill but God when he brings new life into you by his Holy Spirit. And you go from this, but I'm changing, I'm gonna do better, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat better, I'm gonna go to church more, I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna change my this, I'm gonna go to that program, and, but ha- has that happened to you yet? It's one of the reasons why some addiction programs do not work, because they need to operate from the center of the aching void of what people don't have, which his name is Jesus Christ. Programs are good to help us establish patterns and help us establish good good habits, but without Christ, you're just going to be going like this and go to the next program, going like this, going to the next program, going like this, go to the next program. Go like this. Renew your mind on the Word of God. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Be consistent in the church. Be consistent in your Bible reading. Get around good leaders. Get around good friends. Serve your way to your destiny. You'll get stronger this way. So the next test that tries to get you back in that addiction, you say, oh, no, mm -mm. you don't have me. I'm a new person, and I've created new habits. So my question of today, do we need renovation or new creation? Has this happened to you? And I'm getting ready to pray, so I give you an opportunity to receive Jesus so you can receive new life. Would you pray with me today? Father, we just bow our heads in prayer, and we just let this be a private moment for all of us, and maybe we were brought up thinking that doing good was going to get us there, and, 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 and all of a sudden, in this, in this uh, word today, we realize we can't get good enough to get you, God. We need to become a whole new creation. We need to receive Jesus as our Savior. We need to receive new life. We need to receive the seed of the Word of God. We need to become a child of God. We need to become a whole new person that never existed before. And then you come into our life, and then you help us, and you bring us around good people, and then we we become, what the Bible says, disciple, which is you just create some disciplines that'll help you walk out the will of God for your life and the purpose for your life. Please don't overlook that aching void you might have today. Please, please don't overlook the significance of this prayer we're getting ready to pray, which I want us all to pray. Yeah, the Bible says we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. We're all going in a negative direction. But there's a free gift called eternal life of Jesus Christ because Jesus lived innocent so he could die for our death penalty, our spiritual death. And by the way, spiritual death can be defined as separation from God. No wonder why Jesus said, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Well, Jesus had to be forsaken so we could be forgiven. God had to turn his back on his son so he could, he could turn toward us and receive us into his kingdom as a child of God, new nature, walking with him now. Are you born again? You don't just need a renovation. You need to be a new creation. I want us all to pray this prayer. This is how you receive Jesus. Mean it with all your heart. Let's pray this out together aloud. Say it with me, God.
I believe Jesus is a son of God. I believe he died on the cross for all my sin. He lived innocent so he could die for my death penalty. Jesus, I believe you paid my price. You gave your life to redeem me. And on the third day, God raised you from the dead. Now, Jesus, I believe you're alive. And I I know I need you. And I'm being drawn to you today. I'm sorry for my past. Now, Jesus, I ask you, and I mean it, I can't do this anymore. can't change myself. Jesus, now I'm asking you to come into my life. I ask you to become my Savior. I receive you as my Savior, and now I confess you as my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Now look at me right now. I don't care what you felt. If you meant that with your heart, with all sincerity, you've become a whole new creation on the inside. Your sins have been remitted, wiped out as though it never existed. You're now a child of God, and we want to help you with your next steps, but we just want to thank God for the time we've had this morning to realize what He's done in our life. I'm not the same person I used to be. Amen. You can stand with me, please.